Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. So the title of the message, and uh, it's gonna—it's not—it's not a series. It's just a, a kickoff for the year. It's making 2022 great. Sounds weird saying 2022. Um, 2022, making 2022 great, making this year great. And uh, I had a few conversations this holiday talking to people about 2022, and a few statements came up in talking about the year and the expectation of the year. Ex- uh, um, statements like they're hoping it's gonna be their year. They're really hoping and trusting that 2022 is going to be their year. They trust it's going to be easier than 2022. Statements like that. They say it can't get worse than the previous years. It can only get better. Now, the truth of the matter is maybe those are some of your statements. That Maybe those are some of the things that you said about this year. This is going to be my year. This is going to be better than the previous year. This is going to be better than any other year. And the problem with these types, these types of statements is they're all based on chance, the luck of the draw. How do you really know that this year is going to be better? How can you be sure that this year is going to be better? And all of these statements are actually passive in nature. If you've got a misunderstanding about the sovereignty of God, then you'll think God is in control. So if he wants me to have a great year, I will have a great year. If he doesn't want me to have a great year, then tough luck. I'm not going to have one. But there's an awesome teaching on the sovereignty of God. If you want to find out uh, more about that, um, it's in a um, in Bible study format, then please just come and chat to me as well. I'll send that to you. But it's important for us to understand that God's will does not automatically come to pass. You've got free will. Every man who's ever been born on the face of the earth has got free will to choose either life or to choose death. From the beginning of time, mankind has had the opportunity to either choose life or to choose death. And even when you choose life in the sense of choosing Christ and become born again, your free will does not get removed from you. You still have freedom to choose for the rest of your life, to make decisions for life or to make decisions for death. All of these statements take God out of the equation. They have nothing to get into that. All of those statements generally, this is going to be a better year. I trust that this is going to be my year. I hope that it's going to be easier than 2021 or the previous years. None of those statements and those, the thinking and the thought patterns that go around those statements, none of them really involve God's mission. If you think about it, none of them really involve God's mission. And what is that? 1 Timothy 2.4. We will all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. When we make this our focus, all men to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. When we make this our focus in 2022, then we are guaranteed to have a great year. I thought that would excite someone. Who wants to have a great 2022? There's the answer to your great 2022. Making God's will for all men to be saved and all to come to knowledge of the truth your focus in life. And some of you thought that the gospel is complicated. The gospel is simple. And the passage of scripture that we're going to study through this morning in light of this statement, in light of making 2022 really a great year, is from Matthew chapter 6. So let's get into Matthew. Um, we'll read a few translations. I'll use that, uh, Passion, Amplified, Classic, and uh, a little bit of King James. 
So I'm going to kick off in verse 33, and then we're going to jump back to verse 19. So verse 33, which is a famous passage of scripture or famous verse, and it says, but seek or aim at and strive after first of all his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. Seek first his kingdom. I love how it says, and his righteousness in brackets, his way of doing and being right. God's way of doing and being right is different to religion. Religion says you need to do right to be right. Jesus said, no, I'm doing right on your behalf so that you can just be made right. That is the gospel. You don't work for righteousness. You believe for righteousness. Man, you guys aren't excited about profound truths that I'm sharing with you guys this morning. So seek first and foremost his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. What are all these things? Let's jump down to verse 19. And in chapter 6, verse 19 to the end of this chapter, we see profound truths about this matter at hand, making 2022 a great year, making our years great, making this a year that is going to count for something. We want this year to count for something, right? We don't just want it to be kind of like 20, uh, what was it? 2020, just like it, it felt like it just it didn't exist, it didn't happen. There was so much confusion, so much chaos, and the year went by like that. And you're like, what happened? We had a baby in, in the midst of all of that, so something like crazy happened, and our lives changed drastically. But maybe for some of you, just like you forgot what 2020 was about. We want this year to count for something. We want to have the most effortless, fruitful year ever, and. The key to that is found in this passage of scripture. And we're going to look at some of those things in a moment. In Matthew 6, we also see the key to not being overcome by anything bad that is thrown at us. Because bad things have probably been thrown at you in 2021. Bad things probably happened, came your way in 2021. Now, I'm not prophesying that bad things are going to come your way in 2022. But Jesus said that in this world, you will suffer persecution. Jesus said that. It's not Etienne saying this. Jesus said that you will suffer persecution, which means that you will suffer persecution. You'll have opportunity this year guaranteed to be overcome. But we don't need to be overcome. Romans 8, Paul talks about this and he says that we are more than overcomers through Christ. Now that truth and that reality does not manifest and does not have effect maybe on your life by default just because it's a truth. Again, what did we say about truth? The truth is out there. But it's the truth that you've come to know, the truth that you've come to make personal to you that will set you free. So Matthew 6 verse 19 to 21 from the Passion says, Don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. We're going to camp on verse 21 for a little bit. Your heart will always pursue what you value. Highlight what you value. The King James says that uh, um, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will always be. Or what you value as your treasure, your heart will follow that. Your heart will pursue that. 
Basically, in easier terms, your life will follow your focus. Proverbs 23 verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart so easily. Your heart or your focus, your life will follow your focus. Your, your life will follow what you value, what you treasure. Whatever we value will show in our actions. Now, the awesome truth is that we are God's children. And by DNA, by design, we are created to value what he values. It's easy, right? Chris, my son, is now um, tomorrow 15 months old. By default, as he just learns from me, he's going to value what I value. I'm teaching him things to value without having to put it down on pen and paper. He's just looking at my life. He's looking at what I spend my time on. He's looking at what I spend my money on. And guess what? By default, eventually, he's going to value those same things. And that's relationship with God. We were created by DNA, by design to value what he values. And why does God value John 3, 16, the living Bible? For God so loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that anyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But his nature, which has become our nature, his spirit, which is living on the inside of us, we are one spirit with God. You don't have two spirits. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says that he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. You are one spirit with God. His spirit now does not automatically have reign in your life or have governing power, so to speak, in your life. His spirit does not automatically govern you. You got to get this. Yes, you're filled with his spirit. Yes, you've got the spirit of God Almighty residing on the inside of you. But his spirit is not going to automatically govern your life, govern your decisions. Galatians 5.16 says this to us. As you yield, say yield. Yield. You guys know what yield means? It means to surrender. It means to submit. It means to come under. As you yield freely, it's a free will decision to yield. You can yield or you do not need to yield. It's your decision. But as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. You don't need to strive at abandoning your sinful nature. Your sinful nature has been crucified with Christ. You now need to yield to your new nature of the Spirit of God inside of you. Come to know who you are in Christ. And by default, your your self-cravings will just be abandoned. Amen. Romans 6 verse 14 says that, For sin will not have dominion over you, for you're not under law, but you're under grace. So sin doesn't have control of you. But only when you come to understand and you grow in the understanding of how much you are under the grace of God, under His love, under His care, and that He's given you His Spirit to govern your life. But we get to yield to that every day of our lives. Philippians 3 verse 10 to 11 says, Now I've given up everything else. Paul writing, and and he lists before these verses, he lists his kind of his resume and how qualified he was. And he says, but I've given up everything else. I found it to be the only way or I found it to be the only way to really know Christ and to experience the mighty power that brought him back to life again and to find out what it means to suffer and to die with him. So whatever it takes, I will be one who lives in the fresh newness of life of those who are alive from the dead. Whatever it takes, 
I'll be one who lives. He's, 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 he's making this declaration that it is a choice. It is a choice. And he says it starts off with, I've given up everything else. I found it to be the only way to really know Christ. What are you holding on to that is determining your worth, your value, your purpose? If it's anything other than Christ and what he accomplished for you on the cross and in his resurrection, you're setting yourself up to have disappointment in this year. You're setting yourself up to not be sure whether this is going to be a great 2022. The only reality, the only constant that is able to set you up for having a great 22 is Christ and his spirit in you and your relationship with him. This is what Paul is saying. He had a great resume, but he said, now I've given up everything else, every dream, every focus, every desire. I find it to be the only way, not a way, the only way to really know Christ and to experience the mighty power that brought him back to life again. Man, it's simple when the answer is just right in front of us. It's not complicated. It's not 10 steps to having a great 2022. 20, it's one step. It's not complicated. Let's jump down to verse 22 in Matthew's verse 22. It says, the light of the body. Now, this is Jesus' word. Jesus is talking in Matthew 6, or he's being quoted in Matthew 6. And he's saying, the light of the body is the eye. So now he goes from this topic of where your treasure is, um, there your heart will also be, or your focus or your life will follow what you value, what you treasure. And he says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. Say single with me. All the single ladies. Verse 23. But if thy eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man. So he's carrying on this thought. No man can serve two masters. Say two. So he's talking about single, now he's talking about two. No man can serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, or you cannot serve God and the spirit of money, this drive to have more, this covetousness, uh, uh, in other words as well. Jesus here is talking about a singleness of a signalness of vision for your life, a signalness of vision for your year. You cannot have two visions and be successful at accomplishing both. If your eye is set on one thing, if your eye is single instead of not being single, you get to experience the light of God. Now, I just want to read verse, verse 23 again. But if thy eye be evil, now, how does he compare singleness to evil? Because in one sentence, he's talking about if your eye be single. And then in the following sentence, he's talking about if your eye be evil. How does those two relate? Singleness of vision, singleness of focus versus evil focus or evil eyesight. It's profoundly simple. Jesus, everything else. It's not that everything else is sin. But everything else in light of eternity does not matter. Man, I thought that would bless someone. But it won't bless you if you do treasure some things on this side of the camp. Because then I'm offending you this morning. I'm not trying to offend you. Jesus wasn't trying to offend people 
when he shared some hard truths with them. But he's trying to get them to let go of things that got a hold of them, things that they became slaves to. Because this is what Jesus is communicating. You cannot serve two masters. You'll either love the one or hate the other. But you also become enslaved to that which you serve. And that thing starts determining your life, starts determining the actions, the decisions you're making. But when we become slaves to Christ, and the awesome thing is of becoming a slave to Christ, you're not so much becoming a slave to Christ as much as you are yielding your life to Him and partaking in the family business and enjoying your sonship and that which you were created for. Philippians 3 Again, 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself from the King James. He says, I count not myself to have apprehended, but there's one thing I do. Say one thing. That singleness, there's one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Your calling is in Christ Jesus. Your calling is not to be X, Y, or Z or the things that you are striving at. Your calling is a son or a child of God, a daughter of God, to have his spirit live inside of you. And whatever you do from that place is your decision. Let's not spiritualize the things that are unspiritual. Too often we, we fall into this camp and it's almost like a hamster wheel where we're asking questions, what should I do with my life? Um, should I, should I live in this country? Should I marry this person? Now, some of those things are important in a sense. But we magnify and major on things that are minor things. And then we neglect the major things. We neglect the fact that you were called first and foremost into sonship. And from that sonship, Matthew 5, be the light of the world. Guess what? You are in the world. Whatever you're doing right now, you're in the world. Now, are you shining your light? That's the question. But when you're so focused on what should I do? Should I be a doctor? Should I be a teacher? Should I live in Brockenfell? Should I uh, immigrate and go to this country? Should I marry this person? Guess what? You're not shining your light very brightly because you're consumed and distracted with things that aren't eternal. I'm preaching to myself just by the way. James 1 verse 6 to 7 gives us the same impression, same understanding of singleness of focus. Verse 6 to 7, Jesus, or <laughs> it's awesome when you see Jesus, when uh, you, you see other words, because it's all about Jesus, right? Amen. So verse 6, just make sure you ask, in, or just make sure you ask empowered by confident faith without doubting that you will receive. For the ambivalent, that's a strange word. <laughs> that word person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. Focus in on you. Being undecided or being doubtful makes you become like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute and tossed down the next. When you are half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? Now, the book of James is a, it's a very interesting book. It's, it seems very ungraceful. But James is writing to mature believers. And see, so if you're unmature, it would be difficult to digest some of the, the hard truths that James is talking about. But here, James is basically saying, 
if you're going to be double-minded, the King James talks about the term double-minded. It's two visions. It's dual vision. It's single-minded versus double-minded. And double not in the sense of two, but double in the sense of everything else than the single-mindedness, the single focus. And he says, when we're going to be double-minded in life, when you're going to be double-minded in this year and your focus and the things that you are treasuring, the things that you are valuing, you're going to be someone who's going to struggle to hear the things that God is wanting to show you, the leading that he wants to lead you in, because you are consumed with this dance of being in the, in, in, in the door, one foot being out of the door with one foot. It's like standing on two uh, ice blocks that are separated and they're just drifting apart. You're going to end up doing the splits. And doing the splits when you can't do the splits is not a fun thing to do, right? And some of you maybe felt like you were doing the splits in 2021. Now, the only way for you not to do the splits and to not be set up to do the splits in this year, so to speak, is to have a singleness of focus, a singleness of purpose. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and he, that he is the reward of them that diligently seek him singleness of focus in verse five, it carries on it says therefore so in light of what we've just read in light of laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven in light of having this single focus in light of not having two minded or having two masters in light of having a single eye versus having an eagle eye oh. <laughs> an evil eye in light of all of this, he says, therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy and anxious, worried about your life. What shall you eat or what shall we drink? What about your body? What shall you put on? Is not life greater in quality than food and the body far more excellent than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither, sn sn they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you by worrying and being anxious can add one unit of measure, cubit, to his stature or to the span of his life? Now, this is a, like, like the whole word of God. This is an eternal truth, verse 27. It's, it doesn't take rocket science to understand being anxious and worrying cannot add any centimeters to my length by worrying and being anxious cannot add any amount of days to my life it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that right and that's how awesome the gospel is it is simple it's simple to understand but all of this is being shared in light again of this this picture of single focus which is just faith in god faith in jesus in who he is and who he called us to be when we set our, our focus, when we set our 2022s up on this standard, on this foundation, you will have a great 2022, guaranteed. Money back guarantee. Money back guarantee. You will have a great 22 when this becomes your focus, when this single focus, faith in God, faith in who Jesus is, what he accomplished for you, when this becomes your focus, when this becomes your treasure, when this becomes your value, and you allow your life to be led by that value system, by that treasuring. Now verse 28, 
And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They twirl not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what, or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all of these things. Don't allow yourself to be consumed with these things. Verse 31 says, Therefore, take no thought saying. Taking thought is taking ownership of something. Making something your primary focus. Because something can, can kind of, um, there's some minister that says, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from making a nest in your hair, right? Birds are going to fly over your head daily. And you can't stop that. You can't do anything about that. But what you can do is you can prevent that bird from making a nest in your hair. Amen? In the same way, we can't stop the thoughts to be anxious to come our way, the circumstances to come our way. We cannot stop those things necessarily. But you can determine is you taking thought of those things and being consumed by those things and magnifying those things and forgetting that God is your father and he desires to take care of you. But oftentimes God cannot take care of us because we don't allow him because we've used our free will to become our own gods, to run our own lives, to make our own decisions without including him, our heavenly father. Who obviously knows better than us, right? Some of you aren't convinced. God knows better than you. Guaranteed. You don't need to think about that. Therefore, take no thought. When you take thought and become consumed with that thought and you become anxious, you start talking about it. And then it starts ruling and controlling your emotions. And it's just a downward spiral. For after all these things do the Gentile seek. What's the Gentile? It's, the, it's not just the unbeliever, but it's actually the person who does not have covenant with God. As a child of God, you've got covenant with God. That covenant is never broken. It's established. It's set. You've got covenant with God. He desires to show you his ways, to show you the way outside of your, or out of your, your right, out of your hole that you've maybe even dug for yourself, right? Because maybe you're in a hole that someone else dug for you. Maybe you're in a hole that you dug for yourself. But God desires to show you the way out of that. Amen. But it's going to require a singleness of focus, faith in Jesus and him alone. These things are important. Jesus is saying these things are important. He, he knows that our heavenly father needs these things. But having these things or not having these things shouldn't determine our worth, your value, and our effectiveness in sharing the gospel. Your circumstances as they are today, whether you've got five pieces of clothing, whether you've got one piece of clothing, whether you've got food in the cupboard right now, whether you don't have food in the cupboard. If you don't have food in the cupboard, please come and let me know. Because part of the gospel is taking care of the needs of one another. Amen. And I don't want to see that you need food before you come and tell me that you need food. What do I mean by that? I don't want to see you like lost 10 kilograms because you had food for the last month. 
please let me know that you need food before I can see it. Amen? So, but what Jesus is saying is, none of these things need to determine our effectiveness in the mission that God has called us to. Paul is a beautiful example of this. He didn't allow his circumstances to prevent him from living out his purpose. Whenever in doubt, you want to see an example of someone who really lived a purposeful life, who didn't allow things to overcome him, go and look at the life of Paul. He lived on purpose. He didn't allow the things of this world to sidetrack him. He had a single focus. His eye was single. His eye was not evil, consumed with the things of this world. And then verse 33, the passage that we open up with from Matthews. So above all, some translation says, uh, uh, first of all, but it's better actually translated, not above all or, or first of all, but really only. Not first and then the rest of the things, but only. Only seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things, say less important. Now say it like you mean it, less important. All of these less important things, and this is Jesus, right? Will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way. One day at a time, tomorrow will take care of itself. The question is, where's your focus? Are you above and only seeking, chasing after God's kingdom realm and his righteousness? Or are you chasing after every other thing that is on your social media? Where's your focus? What are you placing value on for this year? It's a question. Think about that. Maybe some of you set goals, New Year's resolutions and things like that for 2022. And that's not bad in and of itself. But whatever you're setting time out for, whatever you are spending money on, that is what you are valuing. That is what you are treasuring. And guess what? Your life will follow that. Now the question is this. How much of what I'm, how much of what I'm valuing, how much of that is what God values? Mark 10, 24 says, The disciples were startled when they heard this, but Jesus again said to them, Children, it's next to impossible for those who trust in their riches to find their way into God's kingdom realm. It's not that Jesus said money is evil. Money is not evil. It's the love of money that is evil. The love of money basically is saying, your trust in money. You serving money. That is evil because we've been created to only have one master, only have one God, and that's Jesus Christ. When you start trusting in all other things other than Jesus, what he's done for you and what he's done for the world, you're going to be like a wave that is just tossed backwards and forwards, up and down. One moment you're having your best year ever, the next moment you're having your worst year ever. Because your your best is determined and defined by things that it was never uh, created to be determined or defined by. So the awesome thing is we're on the 9th of January and there's a whole lot of year left. So for nine days, you could have maybe set your focus on all other things than Jesus, his desire for your life, his desire for your year. You get to reset today. You get to reset and really purpose to build your year, build your life on having a single focus. No one can determine for you 
what your treasure is, what you value. I cannot determine for you what you value. I cannot determine for you what your treasure is. Only you can. That should be liberating. Maybe scary as well. But you determine that. You get to choose what your treasure is. And your life will follow that. Again, the question is this. Do the things that we treasure line up with, God, with what God treasures? It's an important question to ask, right? Do the things we treasure line up with what God treasures? We are his children after all. We created in his image after all, right? We've got his spirit inside of us. Now, the things you're treasuring in the, the value system that you've built even for this year, the goals that you set out for this year, if it doesn't line up with God's will and what he treasures, don't feel condemned because God doesn't mind you treasuring things he doesn't treasure. God doesn't mind. He's not offended when you are laying up your tre yourselves treasures here on earth. He's not offended. He's not upset at you. So don't feel condemned. Don't feel bad. Feeling condemned never helped anyone. Feeling bad never helped anyone. Right? But allow this to liberate you. Because guess what? This invitation from God is for your best. You might be feeling, oh, now I need, to, I need to change my goals for the year. Now I need to give up this. I need to give up that. What did Jesus say? If you lose your life, guess what will happen? You'll gain it. Man, the things that God is inviting us to partake of, it's for your benefit. It's for your joy, your satisfaction. And guess what? The people around you are going to bear the fruit of the decision you're making to be single-minded, single-focused in this year. But we need to understand this. Even though God isn't offended at us laying up for ourselves treasures on this earth and kind of going about our lives our own way and kind of forgetting about him along the way, we need to understand this one thing, that our lives will have no real significance or satisfaction and we will be up and down like a yo-yo this year and the rest of your life. If you want your life to find significance and purpose and satisfaction, then there's only one way. And it's to have a single focus in this year. We're not talking about walking around with your Bible under your arm, and walking around quoting scripture the whole day. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about aligning your heart with God's heart. Allowing yourself to, to heal to the spirit in you that desires to accomplish one thing for the people around you to encounter Christ and encounter salvation and the people around you to grow in their knowledge of who your heavenly father is what his nature is like and what his desire is for all the world to come to know him intimately personally amen we aren't just called to coast through life and meet Jesus in heaven one day we are separated set up our lives are to look different to the world. I don't just want a coaster. I want to leave a legacy, not of Etienne. As a ministry, don't, we don't want to leave a legacy of Grace Life Ministries. We want to leave a legacy of Jesus. Jesus and that my life testified of Jesus. My life testified of God's goodness. My life testified of a life transformed. This is who Etienne was. This is who Etienne left the world as. We aren't called to look like the world. Matthew 5 clearly shows this to us as well. We are light. We are created to shine. You are salt. You are created to bring flavor, to bring change. Let's stand together.
and ask you this question as we're standing and coming to a close. Now think about this question and really take it to your heart. Are you ready to lay down your life in response to his marvelous love and grace and see his love for the lost world around you? Are you ready to lay down your life in response to his love and grace to you and also to the lost world around you? Because his love and his grace is not just for you, but his love and his grace is for the world around you. But it starts with asking this question, are you ready to lay down your life, your plans, the things that you set out to accomplish in your lifetime and start responding to his love and his grace? for yourself and for the world around you. Because when we respond to his love, his grace, and understand his will for our lives, guess what? By natural byproduct, your life will overflow with living according to his plans and purposes for your life. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube.